Are we starting? Yep. Oh, hi. Welcome to Dungeon Delving. I'm Brandon Wagner. I'm Adam McKeever. And today, we're going to delve into the Artificer. So it's been a minute since we've sat down to record, but I think we have a nice backlog of a few episodes recorded anyways, so we can get back into things. Yep. I uh, haven't been posting them, though. So That's all right. <laughs> it's okay to have a backlog so we can, you know, not... Yeah, you could say those other episodes are ancient artifacts. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I'm so funny. So Artificer. I first off, I want to say that I'm really glad it's in Tasha's because it's a lot easier for me to justify telling somebody that they should spend the money on Tasha's Cauldron rather than the Eberron Guidebook. Yeah, because you know, I think you can get a lot more mileage out of Tasha's than the Eberron book. I mean, if you're playing an Eberron campaign, oh yeah, then absolutely. I mean, there, there's there's useful stuff in every book, pretty much they put out. Oh yeah, so. absolutely. But I think Tasha's is especially for. A dungeon master, because Tasha's is more of a dungeon master book than Xanathar's was. <clears throat> but, Artificers. I have a love-hate relationship with this class, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I, I love it mechanically. Like, re- I was reading through its abilities this morning to get ready for this, and I'm like, God, I love Artificers so much for what it can do for your party. I think that it is so symbolic of a support-type class, and it does that job differently than the other classes that I kind of look at as support, like Cleric and Druid and Bard. But I don't like how the inclusion of an Artificer in your game carries a weight of, well, Artificers now exist in my world. I mean, You know what I mean? I mean, if there's any sort of magic that's going on, you know that there's going to be people that are tinkering with... Right, absolutely. ...imbuing magic into items, because there's magical items. Somebody had to have made those. Right. But I just... I look at the Artificer and how you can get a cannon or a mech suit or a not golem, but it's it's a... It's a what's it, the steel defender. And yeah. I'm like, well, other than the Artificer... Or not... Sorry, the Artificer is the whole class. Other than like, the Alchemist... It's just, I feel like the other subclasses get a little too steampunky for my high fantasy setting. And I don't, I'm not ever, I don't think I'm ever going to tell a player, no, you can't play as an artificer. If I'm homebrewing my world and somebody wants to play an artificer, I'm going to make adjustments to my world to make them fit. But I just, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just feel like you need to make adjustments for I mean, there, there can be, but at the same time, you could have your players make adjustments to the way that they theme it. So that true. Like, okay, so they want to have some like weird night vision goggles to be their their uh, dark vision spell, right? Because that that's kind of how the spells are themed. Is you have some sort of like trinket or object that does the spell, right? I like I like the artificer, but with their spell casting, like with a ranger. I like envisioning the ranger's spellcasting as my time in the wilds, I've learned these tricks to create spell-like effects. Right. But uh, the big thing for me is like, if there's like, yeah, I want to have night vision goggles. It's like, okay, so what you're going to have is just a regular old pair of glasses that are enchanted because there's not going to have all this like steampunky crazy goggle going on because there's just, there's just not the stuff to make that. Goggles of Night, you can replicate them. Uh, the replicable items feature where you can recreate magic items, that's one of them. Goggles hmm. of Night. There's a whole lot of cool stuff on here, like Alchemy Jug. At, at second level, you Alchemy Jug, Bag of Holding, Sending Stones. And then at 6th, 10th, and 14th, you get more stuff that you can re- replicate. 
And you can make some crazy stuff. Like 14th level artifices, boots of speed, belt of hill giant strength, uh, ring of free action. I was watching a video where some other DMs were talking about the artificer. And one of them said, having an artificer makes your whole party better. I mean, it really does. because those... You can you can recreate, you can do your, you have your infusions, your artificer infusions. So you can take mundane objects and give them magical effects. And then you can recreate magic items and just hand them out to your party. Mm-hmm. And that's going to change how I, as a DM, I'm going to build my encounters because... You're all buffed. You know, a, a third-level barbarian with an artificer in the party is stronger than a third-level barbarian without one. Exactly. Though, at the same time, your artificer could be really selfish and just be like, yeah, no, I'm only going to buff myself. Right. Forget you guys. And I don't like that. I don't like that artificer. If I'm ever going to play an artificer, I'm going to play a... Um, I think I want to play a artillerist, and I'm going to basically be rolling from the first borderlands. Or I'm gonna be like, here's my turret, stand behind it and get extra buff after extra buffs. <laughs> yeah. So actually I was kind of planning before Tim's campaign kind of just fell to the wayside for other things. Uh my character Arag, he was a rogue, mm -hmm. but I was gonna have him multi-class into Artificer because he was getting interested in all the like artifacts that were they were finding. He was like, okay, I wanna figure out how to redo this. And I was mainly doing it for the fact that one of the infusions is you can make it so that you have magical ammo. Mm. So you never have to run out. It's just like, yes, I don't have to track my ammo anymore. <laughs> the arcane firearm. Yeah. It's not to I think they added armor. I think that was added in Tasha's. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it was armor that was added. So you can be Iron Man. Or, or maybe it was Battlesmith. Battle. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't read uh, Artificer in Eberron. I thought about trying to get with Phil after he picked up the Eberron book so I could read through it and we could do an episode on it, but that never happened. And now it's in Tasha's, so we can do it this way. But, yeah, their features... I like them. I like them a lot. I said that earlier. I really like the things that they can do. You can create spell-storing items. You can attune to extra magic items. You can... That That's just... Crazy powerful. <laughs> there was one ability. Okay, yeah, Soul of Artifice. Their capstone level twenty ability. I saw somebody talking about this on a forum somewhere. Well, they said that ability doesn't work. The way it's written, rules is written. Soul of Artifice. It doesn't function. They said so. What Soul of Artifice does is, if you're reduced to zero zero hit points but not killed outright, you can use your reaction to end one of your infusions causing you to drop to one hit point instead of zero. And they were saying, well, if you're at zero hit points, you can't take reactions because you're you're unconscious, you're on the ground. So you can't actually use your reaction to do it. And I'm like, it's it's like a it's like a counter spell in magic. Yeah, it's a replacement. <laughs> you're effect. saying, oh, I'm gonna go to zero, so instead I'm gonna do that. Yeah. I just wanted to address that because I feel like that's a misconception that a lot of people could have just reading that. The rules as written, yeah, if you're looking at the rules as written for that ability and for what happens when you hit zero hit points, I could see that mistake being made. But that, that's also if you're, if the way I read that is it, it, it comes before you actually lose your hit points. So it, it, it goes and says, okay, so there's always this check of if damage would reduce hit points to zero, instead becomes one. Right. 
not, this is not written not, that way. It's written if you are reduced to zero. So the, I could, I, I, can you see it? You can see how the misconception can happen. Like, oh, I'm at zero hit points. So I'm going to use my reaction to go to one instead. Rather than, if, if they had written it, if you would be reduced to zero and not killed outright, then yeah. blah, blah, blah. I don't but, know. I guess, I guess I don't it's know. a template thing. I saw somebody talking about it on a DMs group on Facebook, and I was like, it works. It still works. Just, I, I understand the misconception in the reading. But yeah, just don't take it so freaking literally. This is a game where you're allowed to create and bend rules anyway. So like, come on. <laughs> so I'm lo- I'm I'm rereading through this. And I'm noticing that three of your artificer features are you can attune to more things. <laughs> so like like that's kind yeah. of a like you can end up at 18 level. You can attune to six magic items at once, which is twice as many as anybody else. Yeah. And on the one hand, I, I think to myself, that's really kind of not exciting. Like, oh, I can attune to another magic item. whoop de do. But you got to think. Consider those extra three magic items just right. another feat. <laughs> I wanted to make a wizard that was um, the character Mystigan from Fairy Tale. He has like 20 fucking magic staffs on his back all the time that he like rotates through and uses different spells. And I'm like, I want to play that character. But you're a wizard. But I was going to be a wizard who could only attune to three stabs. I'm like, it doesn't really work. Now I'm going to make that an artificer. I'm just going to play like an alchemist and have just like a whole menagerie of staffs on my back. That would be pretty <laughs> freaking cool. Look at all my magic sticks. I'm going to do all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. What one was it? I, I remember right after Artificer was first released, I listened to a... Uh, not Critical Role. was no, I can't remember the name of the podcast right now. But they were talking about it. They started talking a lot about Flash of Genius. Oh, that's a sweet ability. Yeah, so the uh, you gain the ability to come up with solutions under pressure. Whether you or another creature with 30 feet makes an ability check or a saving throw, you can use your reaction to add your intelligence modifier to the roll. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Here, have plus five to your roll. Boom. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you can only use it a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier. But like, that's also that's kind. Of, that's how you can tell that artificer wasn't introduced in Tasha's, because like everything in Tasha's is number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. Like all the new stuff in this book, that's kind of like something I noticed that they went with is a lot of proficiency bonus stuff. I'm well, going on a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense that they would do that because your proficiency bonus, like at lower levels, is a lot more manageable. But at a higher level, it's gonna be better than your modifier. Right. I've seen so many people that hit that plus five modifier the first time they get an ASI. You know, you get one good roll. Oh, I only need to put two points into this ability score. And now, I mean, I have plus five. Gavin has a character that it just started off with a 20. Yeah, I mean, he started, he didn't start at level one, but no, like he rolled a level one character and it started at 20 because he thought 18 was only plus four. It is, but that stat that he put it in also had a natural oh, a racial, plus two. a racial modifier. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I so, forgot about those. So it, it is possible <laughs> I to... I forgot those exist. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, they, they changed it up now, so you can just make it plus two and anything in one one thing or three, or one, one in three things. Yeah, you get plus three total. Yes. Which is actually less if you're playing a Mountain Dwarf. So I think Mountain Dwarf gets like plus four total. Because you get like two abilities from just being a dwarf and then you get an extra plus two somewhere from being a mountain dwarf. I'm going off the top of my head, I don't know for sure. But I know that mountain dwarf gets more ability to score buffs than most races. Anyways, 
Not the point. Yeah. Um, there's four subclasses. We mentioned, I think, all of them at some point. The alchemist, the armorer, the artillerist, and the battle warden. Battlesmith. Battlesmith. It's like, hey, your A class has all these A's, and then a B. Then one B. <laughs> um, so what do they do? Let's talk about what they do. Alchemists can create an experimental elixir that's kind of like their hallmark feature, is they can make these potions, and then they have a random effect. I think that you should be able to pick the effect at a higher level. That you know would be good, because, I mean... It, it would make sense that you're a higher level. You've been doing this long enough. You're not going to just be like, okay, well, I still don't know what I'm doing here, so let's just mix this up and see what happens. No, you, you, you'd you understand what the heck you were doing. Right, maybe... Um, as you level up, you can make more of them during your... using your alchemist supplies. I think that you should be able to maybe, maybe balance it by saying, all right, normally at this level you can make three... But if you make, you can make one that's random and one with a chosen effect at this level. Yeah. You, know, you can give up being able to make three of them for one that's a guaranteed, like, I need resilience, that plus one to the AC. You know, I need that specifically because I know we're going to be fighting something and I want to give our paladin a little, just a little bit of an extra buff. Right. You know, plus one to AC isn't that much, but it's still plus one to AC. I mean, it's good. Um... You know, also, you know, whenever somebody drinks one of your experimental elixirs, you can give them a temporary hit point. You get the ability to cast healing spells, lesser restoration than a level 15 greater restoration, without a spell slot, without preparing it, without material components, just as long as you have al- alchemical supplies. So this is your... I talked about al- or Artificer being a support class. This is your... We don't have a cleric. Yeah. Nobody wants to play cleric, so we need somebody that can heal. Go alchemist. Definitely, especially considering chemical mastery gives you you can cast greater restoration and heal without expending a spell slot, without preparing the spell, and without material components, provided you use alchemist supplies as the spell casting focus. Also, resistance to poison damage? That's good. Poison's pretty common. Mm-hmm. I feel like poison is one of the more common damage types in the game. So being able to resist poison damage and being immune to being poisoned. It's also really good because being poisoned gives you what disadvantage on saving throws or it's something like that. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but it's not not bad. <laughs> like I like the I, I like the alchemist. It's a good support class. Phil played one in my homebrew campaign that was really powerful. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel I feel like towards the end of that campaign where we got to, you guys were just like, "Hey, we're really strong. We're just going to." Blow through everything, so you don't really need him to be that healer. Because no, we we were also like, Tim's bard could heal really well. So. Yep, and also Cascade is just like untouchable, basically. Right, so this is AC like I think it dropped from nineteen to seventeen after Eberron officially released Warforged. Oh man, AC seventeen that's so low. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So then we have the armorer, which is. Iron Man. (laughs) So you get proficiency with heavy armor and you get the ability to create your arcane armor. And there's a couple different types. There's Guardian and Infiltrator. So Guardian has... uh, You can punch with the gauntlets and have it deal thunder damage. And you can 
do temporary hit points with your defensive field. And then Infiltrator, you get a lightning launcher in your hand, so you can shoot laser beams like Iron Man. Yep. Your walking speed increases, and uh, you have advantage on dex checks. It's pretty freaking cool. You also get extra dex. I, I also, feel... having armor no longer makes you have disadvantage. For your spells? Uh, for your stealth. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's... It's it's the, we need a DPS in our party. Yeah, also, caster with extra attack. Yeah, that's really nice. All, all, always going to be good on that. Because, yeah, here. Alchemist did not get it. But, I don't know, I, I feel like... You get more infusions, too. With armor modifications. Yeah. But they have to be part of your arcane armor. But you can be like, oh, I want boots of speed. So now my my rune-infused magic armor set now has boots of speed and, I don't know, gauntlets of or belts of giant strength can be part of your armor. It's like, hey, we don't have a barbarian, a fighter tank. Let's just uh, let's just have our, our, our artificer do it. Have him just come in here and be, be our, our high AC brawler. I like it. What's the last? Artillerist is not the last one. But I like Artillerist. It's the last A1. It's the last A1. You can make an Eldritch Cannon. You can decide what it looks like. And it shoots. It, it It's a mortar. You have a mortar. Yeah, you can also decide if it has legs or not. Yeah. Why so, would you not give it legs? I want it to be able to move. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm just imagining like like one of the like Fibblethip style homunculus with a <laughs> cannon instead of an eye. <laughs> I like the art in the book with uh, the little gnome that has her cannon looks like a cockatrice. Uh, oh. So it's just like, my Eldritch cannon is a chicken. <laughs> and it's going to go every time it shoots its freaking force ballista. <laughs> I'm just imagining somebody walking up with like just a chicken and they're just like <laughs> and they squeeze it and it just blasts out of its mouth. So you have your three options for what your cannon shoots. Flamethrower, Force Ballista, and Protector. So it's basically, it's so... What's the word I'm looking for? Not adjustable. Adaptable. What does my party need? Do I need spatial control? Flamethrower. I'm going to set my cannon here, and it's going to flamethrow everything that comes near it. Mm-hmm. Force Ballista. I need to hit people from far away. I like the Force Ballista. My, my character idea, I would use Force Ballista, and I would stand by it, and I would just cast support and range spells from back there. As much as I could. I mean, Artificer only gets five levels of spells. It's a half-caster, like yep. Ranger or Paladin, which surprised me. Like, I thought it was getting all nine levels of spells before I actually read about it. I don't know why I thought that. I just always imagined that... Also, probably because Phil's character was so freaking busted... Thanks, he Blue was, String. He was very good. Blue String was a powerhouse. You guys were all powerhouses. I mean, we were 20th level characters. Uh, yeah. Uh, man, and yeah. I was I was building encounters that were thematic for where you were rather than necessarily challenging. So you, a lot of them, you guys were able to just kind of kick the shit out of them, no problem. Oh, yeah. But um, the other one is Protector. You can give temporary hit points to people that are near it, which is, you know, pretty good. And it's equal to your intelligence modifier. So, hey, have five hit points every... Whenever well, I feel 1d8 like plus your intelligence. Oh, yeah, it is 1d8 plus. So, minimum of six. If you only have plus one intelligence... Or, I don't know, if you do have plus five intelligence, then you're going to get... 
a minimum of six extra hit points, which isn't a ton, but at third level when you pick up, or second level when you pick up your um, artificer's subclass, you can be like, hey, that, that's, oh, that's significant. Yeah. It's kind of weird that that doesn't scale at all. Um, yeah, it doesn't really need to, because there's other ways to give other buffs, like fortified position, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. Artificer, I think I think Artificer's gonna peak at mid-tier. Just from reading its abilities, I'm looking at like mid-tier levels is where Artificer really peaks, and then you get to the higher levels and it's like, okay. Now you're just empowering that level of play. You're not really going crazy with it. Yeah. And maybe maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'll play an Artificer and we'll play to the high, highest levels of play and I'll be like, holy crap. <laughs> you know? Because, I mean, like, Phil's Artificer was really powerful, but a lot of Phil's power in that campaign came from his ability as a player to creatively use the spells in his spell list. Right, because he was doing things like, okay, I'm going to move the orb and it's going to hit them, and then my dog is going to attack them because this guy's on action, and then I... Gonna make my action, and I'm gonna hit them with this, and it's just gonna be just a rain of fire and acid all over the yeah, place. Yeah, it was crazy. He was just elemental damage, like three different kinds of elemental damage every turn was happening. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one's Battlesmith with the Steel Defender, which Steel Defender, um, it, it suffers from the same issue that I have with like Wildfire Druids, Wildfire Spirit. And uh, hunters, or not hunter, beastmasters, animal companion, where you have to burn your bonus action for it to do anything but dodge. Yeah. Which we homebrew it at our table. If you give them a command, you don't have to give them a new command if they can still do that same one. So, what that means is, like, you say, oh, attack null number three with this ability. It's going to do that until it can't, or you give it, or you burn your bonus action to give it a new command. Now, I, I do see how some people complain about how uh, the economy of actions. Yeah, that gives you a lot. Right, more it gives freedom you freedom with it, it. Gives you more freedom with it, and I mean, so far, I feel like we haven't had that issue in our game. No, but we're also playing out of the abyss, and a lot of these encounters are very dangerous. Yes. <laughs> so giving you guys. Giving our druid essentially the ability to use flame seed every single turn and have a bonus action hasn't really tilted things in your guys' favor too much, I don't think. No, especially considering we've had like two near TPKs. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just because it's out of the abyss and if one of you guys plays a battle warden or, or sorry, battlesmith. I don't know why I keep thinking battle warden. What's that from? What is Battle Warden from? Because uh, I don't know why I keep wanting to call it that. I don't know. Let me do a quick Google. But um, maybe in a homebrew game where somebody's playing one of these classes, we'll find that that's really strong. And it's definitely tilting the encounters towards the party too much. But so far, I haven't had that issue. And so I'm going to keep playing it this way until it turns into a problem. <laughs> um... Well, when I type in Battle Warden, it comes up with a lot of... Final Fantasy stuff? Yeah, apparently there was a character in the North Crowd in Final Fantasy 1.0 uh, named Battle Warden, but you never played 1.0. I did not, so I don't know. I don't know where, I, where I'm getting Battle Warden from, but I'm getting it. Huh. Anyways. Uh, Battlesmith, this is like the one I read the least. It's mostly 
You get what you get some weapon professions proficiencies. I think the idea of it, you get an extra attack. I think the idea of the battle warden is you're not sending in your steel defender to do the fighting. You're fighting alongside it. Right. So it's not a I'm going to send in this thing as a proxy. Well, I support from the back. You could play it that way. You know, take artificer spells that allow you to be more of a support character and do that. Um, or just use guns. Yeah. <laughs> um, right in the first page of Artificer, it says, if your DM is playing with the firearm rules from the DMG, then you gain proficiency with them. Yeah. So normally you only have simple weapons, unless your DM is using guns. Then you also get guns. Which, I mean, like, I would say that in a fantasy setting you should allow guns unless it's like a really super high fantasy. Well, even then, the, I, I feel like the the era of real world history that Dungeons and Dragons is, is, is fantasy kind of pulls from thematically, we had firearms. It's not, you know, like the early Middle Ages. It's the Renaissance era. That's kind of what the architecture looks like to me. Right. That's what the theme At least the for Faerun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For Forgotten Realms, for Faerun. And for me personally, that's kind of the aesthetic I like is that era of history. And they had we had firearms. They were simple. We didn't have machine guns. <laughs> you know, oh, it, yeah. was, it was black powder, single shot. And you know, you as the DM can adjust that however you want to see fit. Like, do you want to have the ability to get like we had Gatling guns in the Civil War. We had Gatling guns before that. They sucked and you had to like crank them and they go and shoot. Yeah. But do you want that available? Or do you want to be like, you guys can have flintlock pistols and that's it? Not to mention, they only had like, you know, giant mortar artillery things that you needed to be pulled by a horse to get that kind of rapid fire. Right. And, or like, you know, even before they had like firearms, they had gunpowder, they had explosives. Like, you mm-hmm. know, especially out in the East, like Korea and China and Japan, they had fireworks and they were weaponizing them almost immediately <laughs> yeah it, it's funny like they're the ones that had like gunpowder and like guns first but we know them all for swords and katanas and stuff because katanas are cool oh yeah katanas are and the thing about katanas being cool is if i'm remembering my history correctly it's katanas are made the way they are because steel in japan sucks so they had to fold them over hundreds of times to give them any kind of durability Hmm. And it resulted in one of the coolest swords ever. Like, it only happened because if they tried to make their swords the way that we did in the West, in Europe, they would just break. Like, they would have sucked because their <laughs> iron was low quality. And I, I might be misremembering something I learned in a history class or something, but... That would be great. I mean, it challenges the, the driver for invention. So. Right. So then the last thing in this section is your artificer infusions. After the Battlesmith. And it's like, here's all the things that you can make in an ordinary object look like. Or give it powers, basically. And they are awesome. This is this part of the Artificer, every Artificer gets. Artificer Infusions are a base Artificer feature. And they are the Having an artificer makes your party stronger aspect of the class. And you can change your infusions to see fit, to do things that you need, to fill holes, to do whatever it is. And you can make a homunculus, you can re- replicate your magic items. 
And they, they, they remind me of, um, what is it? Not Pat Boone's, uh, Elders Invocation and the Warlock. Yeah. Or Meta Magic and the Sorcerer. You know, I, I kind of always thought of Artificer as a caster class, which might, as I as we're talking about it and I'm rereading it, I'm like, maybe it's not really a caster class. It's more like a paladin where it's a half caster. But that's their take on magic. Because one of my favorite things about 5th edition is every caster approaches magic differently and has different ways to manipulate it and different ways to wield it. Right. And that's how I view the Artificer is the, I'm infusing magic, the Aether, into mundane things and making them awesome <laughs> yeah so it doesn't say yeah so this is one of the things that you can get right off the bat is the enhanced weapon infusion mm-hmm. just a plus one right off the bat yeah and it says this magic weapon so that's a good way you know it overcomes resistance to non-magic weapons right away yeah and that's something that i've struggled with as a dm is putting monsters before you guys without thinking about it, that have resistance to mundane weapons, but I haven't given you opportunities to get magic weapons yet. And that's that's a mistake I've made as a DM. And at the same time, you can use that as a challenge. Yeah, but at the same time, if you have an artificer, you can just be like, oh, I'm just going to use my infusions to give my non-cat, my people that don't have ways to deal magic damage, now you have a magic weapon. Yeah, and not to mention plus two at level 10, so... Yeah, which again, it, plus two at level 10 is not bad at level 10. No, no. It's not it much good. at level 20. But I mean, I mean, I had a plus two hammer for most of the time, and it wasn't until level 19 that you gave Cascade a plus three hammer. Right. And the thing is, is at that level, especially with Cascade being a fighter, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't... The plus two is icing on the cake at that point. You have enhanced critical. You have really good stats for your rolls. You have other aspects going on. You have spells from your allies. Stuff like but that. I mean, the, the difference between the plus two and the plus three was I went from having a... Uh, what was it? A plus... It went from a plus 11 to hit would be my base without any plus on it to a plus 14 to hit. Mm-hmm. So unless I roll a one, like I'm going to hit most things. Right. And that's... And even at a low level, a plus one is a huge boom. You know, goblins only have like 13 AC or something. Right. So getting that... Going from a plus six to a plus seven is just like... Pretty yes. huge boost. Thank you. But I like it. I, just, I like the Artificer. Uh, let's talk about Artificer characters. Like, if you were to make an Artificer, what would they look like? Well, if I wanted to be a huge weeb, I would make an Alchemist and just make it Edward. <laughs> but no. Uh, honestly, if I made... Would you, would you play Steel Defender and call your... Or Battlesmith, call your Steel Defender... <laughs> Alphonse? Alphonse. <laughs> Yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, well, no, I'd have to be an alchemist, though, because he's Right, you have to be an alchemist. alchemist. Then, again, then again, you could do it. Well, well, an as an alchemist, you can make a homunculus. And the, all the pictures of the homunculus in Tasha's, they're mechanical. But I would be okay with you being like, I'm an alchemist, specifically, so I'm going to make like a flesh and blood homunculus rather than a mechanical one. And I would say, that's cool. Go for it, bud. <laughs> Name it Nina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, no, I think one of the big things that I would have with an alchemist is the firearms for them are very iconic. Yes. Especially, especially if you've ever played any of the Final Fantasy series, they're, they're alchemists. Uh, 
Also, or anything like, like artificer, they always have range because like machinist. Machinist is like I, I was thinking, I was thinking about making the, the homebrew subclasses out of the jobs in D and D, and yeah, machinist for me would be an al- an, ar- an artificer. But I mean, now that they've got Battlesmith, that's basically machinist. Yeah, basically, they have Battlesmith. You have gadgets, and you have, yeah. you're automaton queen. And but yeah, because like. Probably I, feel like, the, I feel like any Garlean could be an artificer. Yeah, the, the first real artificer in the Final Fantasy franchise was Edward from Final Fantasy VI. And that's actually where Machinist pulls all their tools from. Oh. Is because he had like his bio blaster and he had a flamethrower and he had the automatic crossbow. Did he have a drill? Yes, he did. That's awesome. Drill was very, very powerful. Well, it still is, especially if you couple it with your guaranteed direct crit. Yeah. But, uh,. So, firearms be there. Like you said, a little bit more of a steampunk aesthetic to it would probably be more common for like the era that 5e really tries to hit. But you could also theme it as more of just like, I'd say more like Venser from sure. uh, Magic. Sure. Or, te- or Tezzeret. Yeah, Venser or Tezzeret. So, like, maybe they have a part of their body replaced with metal or something like that right like a character who i could see an artificer as a character who has a disability whether it was from a wound or a birth defect or something mm-hmm. and they were like i want to make it big i want to make it in this world i want to thrive i want to be able to do things no one else can do because i was told all my life i couldn't and so now like i could see that as an armorer right like, so like your armorer has is like missing an arm but then they have a suit of armor they can put on that's enchanted, and they have two arms. They can manipulate or them to do another ones. Duretti. Yeah, Duretti. Honestly, one of the things that I think would be really cool as an artificer subclass, though, would be one where it's just like, yes, you are in, like, make a cyborg. Oh, subclass. yeah, like it's a subclass where you have enhancement, like Wilhelm in Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Exactly. We have all these cybernetic, well, it wouldn't be cybernetic. It'd be artifice enhancements yeah. in your body. Like, oh, I I gouged out my eye so I could put in this magic eye. Or like Doretti, who lost his legs, so now he has now he has his crazy walker, his robot walker wheelchair thing. <laughs> um, when I think about making an artificer, I kind of think along the same lines as wizard because it's an intelligence based class. Mm-hmm. Where I was watching, I was watching Sonic the other day, and I'm like. If I ever play an artificer, my artificer is going to be Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik, where I'm smarter than everyone, and I know it, and I'm an asshole about it, but I'm also fucking insane. <laughs> like, there's no way, like, just, like, just absolute bonkers and crazy character. Yeah, I, I think artificer also, while it wouldn't be hard to make them a good character, they definitely lean into evil, because, like... The bad scientist. Bad scientist. Yeah. Like, come on. I would make an artificer that wants to... I would make Dr. Frankenstein as an artificer. Oh. <laughs> a bio-artificer? Yeah. So, oh, like, man, I would have, I would allow somebody, one of you guys wanted to, to do the Battle Warden, but instead of a steel defender, you would get basically a flash golem. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll make it the Stitcher. So you can have your, yeah. your sorcerer, wizard necromancer on one side and your artificer necromancer who's putting the bodies back together on the yeah. other side just like uh the the difference between the the magically raised zombies and the stitched zombies on innistrad right like uh like you have an evocation wizard in your party who's using elemental 
just blowing people up, and then your your, your artificers coming back behind, picking up discarded limbs after the battle. Oh my a god! A lizard folk. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Same but, brain. Like, like, <laughs> like, picks it up, puts one on the shoulder, has an extra arm, eats it. <laughs> I already have one of these. I'm just gonna eat it. <laughs> like the no waste lizard folk artificer. That would be just awesome. Or even yeah. if you do like the steel defender. As the battlesmith with your lizard folk artificer, it's, that's its fuel. It uses biofuel. It opens up a hatch on the side, and there's and like just, all spinning blades. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, everyone's horrified. <laughs> oh, man. That would be like what? What even would actually be the fuel source of that? Because like, <laughs> human bodies are not energy efficient. <laughs> Well, it's the it's the forgotten realm. Everything's infused with magic aether. There's latent magical energy in people's bodies. True. Yeah. I guess you could do that. I don't know, don't know why you need to puree it. But. <laughs> <laughs> and then if I was that, if I played that lizard folk, I would absolutely name my steel defender Chop Chop. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Chop Chop need fuel <laughs> or chipper. <laughs> chipper. <laughs> Just give it like it's it's a bear. Hey. If you would, if you were the murder hobo party, you would never have to worry about leaving bodies around. <laughs> no one knows we've been there. All that's left is like a faint blood mist on the ground. There's nothing left. Oh man, Chipper's gears can grind anything. Just like armored bodies go in, and the armor gets grabbed up too. <laughs> this needs to happen. <laughs> the the steel defender looks like a bear, but instead of claws, it has little saws. <laughs> it's fingers. Okay, I, I don't know if I necessarily want to do Ozen's protege for the second half of Out of the Abyss, because I, I decided that A, creating the Ursinal class for or the race for my really super awkward bear is too much work for me. <laughs> which is any. Uh, well, so, now you can play Lizard Folk Artificer with Chop Chop. Yeah, so I could either do that or I was going to do a uh, a cleric, okay. that, uh, a light cleric, or whatever that is. And they'll still have Dawnbringer. Okay. Maybe they, they got it from him somehow. Yeah. I also like the idea of a, a quote, a, not not a cleric, but an artificer that kind of is a religious zealot to, like, mechanists. <laughs> you know, and, like, the other personality, the other side of the super hyper-intelligent character that you get with like the the I'm super smart and I'm a dick about it. like the Tony Stark the Doctor Robotnik is like the Bruce Banner, so you're super smart and you're socially awkward and you're quiet and you're shy and your artificer's just like this is my science project and he has like his gigantic steel under <laughs> Hulkbuster <laughs> suit over there oh, like this really quiet like reserved like, like super intelligent really insightful character like everybody else is baking soda volcanoes and then there's just this giant murder <laughs> the, robot the quiet kid with the murder robot or Gage from Borderlands is an artificer yes oh just this crazy anarchist with a steel defender with buzzsaws I I I had to mention the quiet reserved artificer because I feel like it needs to come up but the mad scientist artificer is way more fun. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um I also like the idea of like a halfling alchemist because I don't know why I'm drawn to this, but I like the idea of like the stout halfling who's just like this fat cook who makes potions. <laughs> I don't know. I just popped into my head. Or, you know, you could have you could have a, a human alchemist that, you know, makes these weird blue crystals and gives them to people. 
trying to think of what you're referencing. Breaking Bad. Oh, <laughs> your alchemist makes meth. So you're, that's why you don't know what the potions do. Because you're just mixing shit together to make drugs and give them to your party. <laughs> I am the danger. Oh. To everyone, including my friends. <laughs> yeah, I think, you, I think there's a feature where you can blow up your steel defender. Uh, like if it's going to die, you can just blow it up. No, there's not. Oh, man, that would be great. There though. should be, like, a self-destruct button. <laughs> like, oh, hey, my uh, steel defender is about to die. I'm going to blow it up. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> well, I mean, you could homebrew that in. I would absolutely allow that. Like, if you can use your action, you have to get close to your steel defender, use your action to, like, flip the switch, and then you have two rounds before it explodes. Mm-hmm. So you got to get out of there. You gotta you then have your other caster use Gust to push everybody next to it. <laughs> it's like that puzzle in Breath of the Wild where you're using the wind to move the bombs. Like here, just gust the steel defender over here so it can explode on these on these bad guys. But I think that I think we had a lot of fun with that one. Artificers are cool. Like I like I'm starting to warm up to them more than I was even at the beginning of recording this episode. Because I've always liked them mechanically. It's just yeah. The thematics of them, I still think it definitely means you have to, they have to fit in your world. And sometimes, if especially if you have a DM who is really putting a lot of work into their world, and then at session zero, somebody's like, I want to play an artificer. And they go, where do they fit in the world? I got to find a place to make them fit. But yeah. it's definitely but, worth the time if you can do it. Yeah, and I mean, come on, think about it. Some of the most important characters in a lot of media would be considered artificers like you know urza from magic absolutely an like set every you even have you even have characters in like real world mythology that could be considered artificers like okay. daedalus from greek mythology the guy who made icarus's wings you have real life people that actually existed leonardo da vinci was an artificer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything he made was just pure magic. Like, everybody that like tried to push the boundaries of human limitations. And I think that would be a cool character if you're playing a world where maybe the magical races are really uncommon. Yeah. And this is a way to add magic without it actually being magic. Right. And like, you have a world where there's not a lot of magic, there's not a lot of fantasy races. Moxie, be quiet. Be quiet. Yeah, we, we, have, we have another guest host, Moxie. Uh, she, she is a, a very cute dog. Yeah, my sister-in-law's in town, so Sam is hanging out with her. I know. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, so this person reads all these stories of the world before magic went away, like in um, Onward. You know, you have all these tales of when the world was magical and all this crazy stuff was happening. And this person's like, I want to recreate that, but I don't know how. So I'm, I don't have magic, so I'm going to start just tinkering with gears and these magic charged crystals that I found and like hey yeah, let's, get, let's get this going and then yeah I wasn't able to finish Onward so good it, it, it's a good movie but I got way too much secondhand embarrassment like 20 minutes in like wh- right when he gets to the high school for the first time I was just like I can't do this <laughs> I, I cannot do this yeah. I like I like wizards as, or artificers as like the wizard personality type where they're super smart and maybe awkward maybe a jerk no in between <laughs> 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 it's just a quiet, awkward nerd, or they're a giant asshole nerd. <laughs> yeah. But 
Yeah, I like artificers. I do. I have a lot of love for them. I have a lot of trepidation about them being in your world. If you really want to go for like a Lord of the Rings style fantasy, there's not a lot of room for artificers. But unless you're like Saruman might have been an artificer because he makes all the machines of war for his people. Yeah. I mean, there's ways to get it in there everything. Because, I mean, like, it, it's not necessarily just items. It's magical items. So, right. like, you're not just creating, like, oh, hey, instead of just boots of flight that, like, magically make you fly, these are rocket boots. No, it's just, you just literally make boots that make people fly. Yeah, you can hover boots from Legend of Zelda. Yeah, you're, you're, you're just an enchanter, basically. Yeah. And you can do it, like, in, in Tasha's Guide, the picture for the armor, there's, like, runes etched on that armor. That's where the magic comes from. It's, you, know, it's, you can do it all these old transcribed runes, or you can do it like power armor from Fallout, where you have like a magically charged crystal that you put in the back, and that's what powers your armor. Or even just have it be the armor itself is actually a magical incantation. Or, or the armor's alive. Yeah. Your Let armor is Alphonse, but somebody... It's like the part when... Uh, oh, what's the girl from Jing? What's her name? Uh... I don't remember. The little short girl from Mei Ling, I think it was. Maybe? May? That's, I, I that think sounds right. May. But she, uh, she, she, there's a whole part where she's hiding inside Alphonse to escape notice from the homuncula and the, the people from the government. And that's your character. You have a living suit of armor that you're inside. Mei Chang. Mei Chang. But maybe it's not a matter of, you know, the, the armor has autonomy, but it has a spirit in it that talks to you. That would be a cool, you know side character for the DM to put in. Because you know you have, like, like Phil has his wildfire spirit that he can talk to and commune with that is related to his character's backstory. Do that with your artificer. With their their battle warden has the soul of, like, their deceased parent. Like, like, like the, the anime Spider-Man in Into the Spider-Verse, where her Spider-Man mech suit is powered by a spider that has her dad's soul. There you go. That's pretty wild, but... yeah. We can get pretty wild as D&D. It doesn't have to be serious all the time. <laughs> no, I do not. I also like the Artificer as a villain, as like a symbol for an industry. Like destroying <laughs> the old world. My Artificer is Hexus from, <laughs> from Ferngully. <laughs> I'm going to cut down all the trees. Screw trees. We need more crystals. <laughs> I'm going to burn them all. We need fuel. We got to steam engines. Let's go. <laughs> trees are stupid. I don't know. I like Artificers. I don't like... I'm, I'm warming up to putting them in my world. But they're a cool class. I love them as a support class. I think that they fill kind of a niche as being a support that Cleric and Druid and Bard don't quite fill. Because, you know, they can all buff your party. Mm-hmm. But Artificers just... They're so much more adaptable almost. You can do your infusions. You can reset them. You can be like, okay, it's a new day. I got to do some new infusions. We'll take some time during a long rest for me to tinker it. And you can role play it. You can role play. I'm spending my time during this downtime, you know, working on this piece of gear for my party member. Oh, yeah. And the, the, the opportunities are great. So. Well, we're approaching the 50-minute mark here on this one. That's fine. We don't want to talk about it. Mr. Cool. It's also been a while since we've done it, so we've been excited. I'm very excited. Yeah, I kinda I wanna talk about boss fights. I wanna do an episode on that, maybe. Not okay. just big bad at the end of your campaign, the villain, but like, oh, end of a dungeon? I need a bigger fight for this, you know, something like that. 
boss fights make them interesting. I'd like to revisit some other classes now that we have Tasha's and now that I'm not doing it by myself for the classes. Right. But yeah, our seems like a good spot to start if we're gonna go back through all the classes. <laughs> Alphabetical, Alphabetical baby order. So yeah, that's all I've got to say for now. I'm sure I'll bring up more stuff about artificers if we talk about their character tropes and worlds and stuff like that. Oh yeah. They'll come up. Because they're like they're not gonna die. Artificers aren't going anywhere. Nope. Yeah. Alrighty. Alright, we'll see you guys next time. As always, keep on delving. Yeah, I almost forgot to say that.